Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Hey guys, this is Liz Candace. This is Nikki Collin. What up guys, this is Essence Carson. Hey, this is Imani Lee Stafford. Hey, this is Jordan Canada. This is Asia Wilson. Welcome to the WNBA Nation. WNBA Nation. Hello. Good midweek to you. I'm Steve Schwartzman. Today flanked by America's best friend, Kyle Haywood. Kyle, how are you? Uh, you're going to make me blush this early in the episode, Steve. Wow. I I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. I'm speechless right now. America's best. I'm, I'm all of America. I don't know if I'm blushing or if I, like, of- maybe the, 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 the anxiety in me is like, that's a lot of people to be best friends to. Can you handle that? Like, <laughs> like, yeah, uh, get me nervous. A lot of people asking for rides. And- <laughs> I'm yeah. gonna help a lot of people move over the next couple of days. <laughs> so many group chats. Um, too many group chats. That's that, that's life now, isn't it? It's just, it's just group chats. We all now just live within our various seven to nine group chats that yeah, make it, up everyone we know in our lives. If you want to, if you want to get to know me, don't like read the text between like me and one other person. Don't read the text between me and my. Go to the couple different group chats that I'm a part of, and that's really that's where that's where my deepest darkest darkest secrets lie. Area yeah. all in my it's all in group chat now. We always have that. Everyone has that fun moment where, like, you see like you know something funny on TikTok or something, and you have that moment where you go like, okay, which which groups does this fit? Yeah, <laughs> and and you have to do that quick math in your head. You're like these ones, and then you you hurry and send them all out. All the time. And then that's it. It's not like you get anything out of it. All the time. I have one other chat that I accidentally send WNBA stuff to constantly. And they, oh, like I'll send it and like give a take and they'll come back and be like, wrong group, Kyle. And I'm like, yep, wrong group. But you guys should check it out anyway. I did that the other day. <laughs> I did that the other day with you guys at Marco Polo. I was oh, sending yeah. <laughs> Jenny a video because Eliza got up from her nap. And then it, I realized halfway in it was you guys. And I'm like, okay, well, you guys got to watch me baby talk with my daughter. I'm here for, for a minute. I'm here for all of the Eliza content. So don't she's ever apologize. Good, for she's that. good for it. Absolutely. She's good for it. If we had, if we were heartless, we'd monetize it, but she's good <laughs> for good content. 
We like her. Um, Kyle, we're going to jump right into this really quick. I'll go ahead and hit the plug so we make it quick. But, of course, you can check us out as a program anywhere your podcasts are found. Uh, most of our episodes are recorded live on Twitch, so we'd encourage you to head over anytime we have a Twitch stream, be a part of our great community over there. And any resources we have here at the show, you can find over at WNBation.com. That'll link over to the Twitch, to any of our episodes, to our merch page, to our playback. Every now and again, we might drop a quick article, power ranking or two, who knows what. But head over to WMENation.com. That'll keep you connected. Pretty much everything we got going on has a program. Good stuff ahead. Uh, Kyle, any other shout-outs, plugs, things before we, we hit the meat and potatoes of this thing? I know we've got to make quick work of this one. Yeah, no, I think uh, I think you hit it pretty solid. <laughs> Absolutely. Kyle, let's jump right into this. So we're, we're going to have, uh, I suppose, just... A wide open MVP discussion. Yes. My perspective is this is one of the more open ended MVP years we've had in a while. While I think there are a handful of names that stand above the rest, there are a lot of more players this year that you can make a case for. And it might just be because we don't quite have a full hold on who truly the top teams are. I mean, you can go up the standings, but in a lot of ways, there's a high level of competitiveness for matchup to matchup. This new playoff format kind of changes how you view the strength of the standings. And with that, it calls into question, you know, who really stands as, you know, in the past years, it was really hard to predict an MVP outside of those top two teams. Right. Because there was precedence to that. And it's a little bit different now. I don't know if you feel the same. I agree. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think there's a real interesting wide open pool right now. Yeah. And, and it's like you said, this is the season that, you know, the, most of the time MVP seems to really come down to like a, a two person race. That's how it's felt in the past. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes, even with those, it's kind of a little more obvious. Like, I really felt like when Asia won her MVP, I thought it was like, well, yeah, it's for sure going to be Asia. John Quell, I thought, made a lot of sense last season. Um, you know, Brianna Stewart, obviously. Like, like a lot of those seasons, it seems like it's like, well, we've got a favorite and we've got one that, like, is contending, but probably not going to be it. And then there's a pretty significant gap to number three. Like, um, I can't remember if it was when Asia won hers. I want to say maybe. I can't remember exactly. But Courtney Vandersloot finished third in MVP votes. And it was so much of an afterthought that, like, nobody really was considering her, uh, you know, for MVP. But this season, I feel like there's a lot more case. There are a few, I think, at the top. But I think that gap going down to, like, your third or fourth or even fifth um, players is much, much less than it has been in the past. And with a decent amount of basketball to be played, there's still a few games left here. There's a lot still riding as far as um, players that I think are in contention, you could say for this MVP race. And so I, yeah. I think it's a great, great opportunity for us. We usually don't do a ton of like updates on like season awards, but I feel like just because of the narrative and where we're at at this point in the season, I think it makes a lot of sense for us to have this discussion. Absolutely. No, I I could agree more. And that's where it makes it intriguing. So what we're going to do here is, is sort of a state your case scenario. Um, We're going to improv this one, Kyle. So you and I, I think we'll go to maybe three rounds depending on time, Uh, but we'll start with, We'll we'll go one a piece and just 
shoot each other a candidate and state your case. Like, how do you make a case for that individual to be the 2022 MVP? I like it. My question for you, do, would you like to go first or would you like to shoot something my way? I'm, I'm, Ooh, you know, I'm going to let you set the stage here. <clears throat> um, I'm, I want to ask you one first. Is that cool? Yeah, I'm like super scared, but let's. Do it. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> maybe that's me selfishly being like, I don't want to go first. I can go first. <laughs> no, no, don't shoot it my way. Let's do this. All right, let's no, go. I never, never back down from a challenge. I'm not, to quote, to quote, Chili Healer, I'm never, I'm not afraid of a little hard work. Let's do this. All right, Steve, give me your case for why Brianna Stewart deserves another MVP in 2022. To go above the obvious things, which are she leads the league in points. She's um, actually not as high up in rebounds as I thought. She was, she's top 10 in rebounds. And as for now, it's far and above the league leader in win shares, especially offensive win shares and defensive win shares. She actually compiles everything uh, across each rating. Um, I mean, when you look at things statistically, I think the, the answer here is the storm in many ways, when you look at how the team has flowed, and how they've tried to make things work. Um, I sometimes watch the storm and I don't think they, they always play like a, a team that may very well end up in the top four. They've already clinched a playoff spot. They're tied with Washington. They could end up in a five spot. It's probably as far as they fall. I not only would I have predicted Seattle finishing farther back in the pack. Sometimes I watch their games and I feel like they play more like a seven or eight seed team. And that's mm. not a knock. It's just kind of the situation they're in. They've put in a lot of playoff hours over the last couple of years. They lost some very key players over the last couple of years. And Bree Stewart's effectiveness and ability to close out games is, in my opinion, why they're a four seed right now, why they're Mm -hmm. sitting exactly where they are, because her ability to not only close out games, but really stop teams from making runs, um, you know, just being able to hit, key baskets at the right time, get key rebounds, put teammates like Jewel Lloyd in position where they can score, draw fouls, does those things that just allows for those wins and sees to it that they get put in a good playoff position. Um, she's very much been the, the impetus there. And I, I don't want to go as far as to say without her, they're farther back in the pack. Cause I think if not for Bree Stewart, this probably isn't even a playoff team. If she doesn't play at the effectiveness she's playing at right now, the same roster probably sits, I'd say, about at seven mm. uh, on the current standings, which is a wide open race, as many know, when it comes to the playoffs right now. Um, but that's where I see it is um, I, watching her late in games is where it's been effective. And that very much to me is, you know, late game fourth quarter performance to me is very much the rue to the MVP soup. So it's, it, you know, stands pretty strongly. So there's my case for Stewie. I like it. I think that's really you solid. I think whatever holds you up. Yeah. No, I think, I think where you're at with that is, is pretty solid. I think that she has now, I, I, I can't remember exactly, you know, like offensive, defensive wind shares or whatnot. I feel like without Brianna Stewart, the Seattle Storm are back in that absolute logjam that is like number six through eleven, and they're fighting tooth and nail yeah. for every little scrap of the playoffs. Whereas right now, 
Yeah, they're four and a half games out of first place, but they're also like securely in that top four or five, like really solid, clinching the playoffs. Like they're they're a contender for the title this season. And I think if you take Stewie out of the mix, it's it's probably pretty ugly for Seattle um this season. So I, I think in the the quote unquote just value and of the most valuable player, I think what she brings to her team right now is extremely valuable and perhaps more so than just about any other player in the league. So I like that. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Who does agree more? Yeah, I totally feel there. Um, I, I'm going to, I'm going to do you as much a favor as you did me. Uh, I think at least, <laughs> uh, but, but Kyle, why, why is Asia Wilson the MVP? Um, I'm glad that we started with Bree and, uh, you know, with Stewie in Asia, because I think that this really comes down to these are the two players that everybody seems to talk about when it comes to MVP expectations. And I think for good reason. So I'm glad you gave me Asia, because if not, I was going to give you that one next. But Asia, um, again, going beyond uh, the the obvious here, which is that Asia's number five in the league in points per game. But she's number two in rebounds per game. She's averaging um, 19.3 points per game and 9.4 rebounds per game. She's absolutely getting it done on both ends of the on both ends of the four. Um, if you look at some advanced statistics as well, and you go into efficiency, um, just efficiency across the board, Asia Wilson is the number one player by almost a full point. Inefficiency. She's at 24.2, Stewie's at 23.3, and then you have a good two-point difference between those two. So it makes a lot of sense. Um, she's having a really solid season. She's shooting over 50% from the field. And, um, there it is. And honestly, I think that defensively, it's not just rebounds, but her blocks this season have been really, really strong. I think that Asia is one of the best defenders in the league, uh, especially in protecting the rim. She's tied for first in the league in blocks per game. So that's, that's three categories that she's a top five player, two categories that she's a top two player just in a, in a per game statistic, uh, as well. Now where a lot of ground could be made up one way or the other is that Asia is surrounded by a cast that you could argue might have three. MVP candidates, at least two really strong, I'd say maybe two and a half MVP candidates. Yeah. Um, the backcourt in Las Vegas is absolutely just stacked right now with Kelsey Plum, Chelsea Gray, um, Jackie Young. Like all three of them are honestly just playing super, super high level basketball. And where your argument comes is, well, does Asia have enough to separate her from her team? Or is she this good because of her team? Or is Kelsey Plum going to take votes away from Asia? Because, you know, I don't know. I don't know. So uh, where I tend to lean on this is is where if you were going to make the, the value pick for Brie, um, you got you got to take Asia and say, OK, it's not it's not that her team would miss as much without her. But look at what she's doing despite having to share 
with someone else who's also top four in the league in score or top two in the league in scoring. Kelsey Plum's averaging more points per game than Asia. Um, and so being able to stay dominant while you have other players on your own team stepping up and also making a case for their own awards on the season, I think it might even be more impressive than being the standout player on your own team. All that, Plus the fact that for much of this season, Las Vegas was at the top of the standings. They're currently one game back on Chicago, but there's several games left in the season and they're currently on a four game win streak and they could easily end up at that top spot, which might just be that last push that Asia needs to get the nod at MVP. So there's my case for Asia. What would you add to that argument, Steve? Well, your last call was kind of my thought process was the stage is set for her to potentially do that. Because if they make a a push to re-engage the top seed, which is very much in the cards for them, it really changes a discussion in, in Asia's case. But I, what I, I think two things play Asia's case really well, especially when you consider the offensive help she has this year. One is if you call that field goal percentage, and I think that's huge because when you have a player like Kelsey who has been able to score, at, I mean, up until just, I think it was like last week, she was the leading scorer in the league. Like Brie overtook her recently, but she was the top scorer for a while and was has been putting in good numbers. It, it is imperative for a player of Asia's caliber to be efficient and yes. not... Uh, essentially allow the Vegas to have this offensive weapon that they know they could either nullify or isolate and, and win. And so her ability to score efficiently, she's improved um, from distance from mid range. She's improved. Uh, you talked about defensively under the basket big time, but I also think it's huge to say being her improvement on defense this year has been insanely remarkable. Um, because what turns the aces into a team that feels very hard to beat three times out of five is to have that offensive power and then have Asia Wilson be third in defensive win share. So when I look at the effectiveness, I, you know, when, when you have these teams that are riddled with talent and you try to make the case for, um, you know, a player to be MVP given the support they have. What I like to look at is what are those stats that really show that their effort is what's actually bringing everything together. Mm. I think her efficiency and her defensive prowess are what are making the Aces recipe work and, and why they play such effective and high octane basketball. I like that. That's a good call. Okay. All right. Um, I think there's still several people out there that have their hat in the ring for uh MVP talks. And Steve, I'm actually going to stick with Las Vegas, and I'm going to give you a chance to argue a Las Vegas player here. We already mentioned her on the show, but give me your case for why Kelsey Plum deserves MVP votes and, and the MVP award. I mean, hot d- <laughs> just, um, I love that that's your opening statement. <laughs> it's it's just, I just think her so performance good. this year has been the best story in terms of a story gathered around a single player's performance. I think it's been plumb because uh, some people may see that she was already a starter playing at a, at, at a good caliber over the last couple of years, finding her role might think it crazy for me to say if she's not the MVP, I think she's definitely the most improved player. 
because by the definition of improved, she's gone from having a very strong high energy role to starting the all-star game, you know, being a top scorer in the league and being an absolute impetus for, for making this team effective. Um, this team lost their other big. They had a strong, they had as good of a twin tower scenario as you could have with Asia Wilson and Liz Cambage and Becky Hammond, as opposed to trying to make an immediate replacement for Liz Cambage said, let's make this a story of a big and her backcourt. And it's become, you know, it's been a fluid, fun style of basketball and the fluidity and the funness can't possibly exist without Kelsey. And I know I'm not spouting out many stats right now because Kelsey is that there's that eye test argument. And I think when it comes to these awards, you have data and statistics that back certain players up. And then you kind of have an eye test that back certain players up or a storyline very much. MVPs are often given to just kind of like who was the story of the league, who, you know, who, you know, what narrative kind of supports them. And that's where it came from for me. She's been able to be highly effective late in games. She has maintained runs. She's led comebacks, you know, her offensive prowess has been strong, obviously. Um, you know, I keep hounding the wind share game, but she's top four as far as that's considered. Um, and right now is seventh, I believe, overall. And it sucks because in saying, I, I just have to call this out because I, well, no, I'm going to wait to call that out until I'm actually done with this case. But I mean, that's really what it comes down to with Plum. I wish I could go further on it, but it really, um, you know, has been, a, I don't even know how else to put it. I mean, her ability to step up and essentially be the B option on a top team in the league has been remarkable. This is the Kelsey Plum I think everyone was hoping and expecting to see when she was drafted out of Washington. Yeah. And there were a lot of people wondering, oh, is there, you know, are we going to kind of limit the ability to get to this point? Um, and I will say this as well. You talk about Jackie Young being in this discussion. She's not in this discussion without Plum. One of the most fun things about Vegas is those two challenging each other to be better. Mm-hmm. That is that is a very, very, very uh, pure dynamic that speaks to the chemistry and relationship that they have. And it's two players constantly making each other better. And the results just show in the standings. I love it. I love it. Um, I would probably add the only thing I would add to that, and not, I don't think I'm adding to, I think I'm reemphasizing what something you've already said is the story. So often we see the MVP comes down to who is the story of the season. And I think Kelsey Plum fits that mold. I think she absolutely is, um, you know, making that leap. Now she's, she's been improving since about the bubble, um, you know, back in 2020, she's, she's come around. She's no longer that quote unquote, you know, bust that so many people labeled her as in her first few seasons. But I will say this in order to get to an all-star level is one thing. Um, you know, we've seen a lot of players reach that point, uh, that were, you know, not expected to get there that went, you know, third round or undrafted, you know, your Erica Wheelers, your Becky Hammonds, those types of players. But Kelsey Plum went number one and then kind of disappeared. Everybody wrote her off. And to not just reach an upper echelon of talent in the league, but to be at the top, I think 
says mm-hmm. a lot. When you talk about most improved, you threw that you you threw that out there, right? I don't know if she'll win most improved because I think there's some you know a lot of times that award seems to go you know media like to to put that award on someone who was like maybe not I don't want to say garbage but not good right scoring like four points per game and now they're averaging like twelve you know it's like oh like you do kind of but they're, they're new on the scene yeah exactly of, of good players it's a new face but yeah. I think that seeing up and comers but Kelsey Plum going from like really solid to like potential MVP. Like that might be a harder leap than the other case. And that's where I think that, yeah, yeah that story, that storyline for Plum because is super fun. Do you know, just quick guess that like, do you know how many games Kelsey started last season for Vegas? Um, I was thinking she started a lot of them. I don't, I don't actually know. I don't know if you're looking at your she screen. Didn't, she didn't start any. <laughs> She didn't start a single game. She she went came off the bench the entire season, and that's wild. It, she went she went from being probably the captain of the, of the bench, which is a phenomenally important unit, right? To let's like you like you are going to shoulder the scoring effort here. Oh, you're right. Even, I just even looked compared that up. to your our world player, like she oh because Raquana Williams was starting in 2019. Raquana yeah. Williams was starting. That I forgot. I had swapped those two. The in gamble. My wow. The biggest thing that showed Becky Hammond's effectiveness as a coach is the gamble she took on Plum this year. Absolutely. Saying like, I want you to, sh- I want you to shoulder the scoring. Maybe not the full on offense as far as that, but you, like, you will, you will be our potentially our first option scorer down the floor. Most cases, even compared to an all world player, Nasia Wilson. That's what I need you to do. And she. F- if you want to use that argument of someone given a new role and taking it to 11, that's what Kelsey's done. And that's what her case is kind of to me. I love that. Um, so I like that. Um, also, it's going to be really fun. I, yeah. If, if slash when she takes the MVP to go back to our, um, is Caitlin Clark, the next Kelsey plum that will make that question so much more fun and the responses that people had to that question so much more fun. Yeah. If she, if she wins the MVP, you like to talk. we can be like, yeah, we can be like, yeah, she might be, she might make the, she might make the top, you know, spot. She might be an MVP player. That's funny. I like it. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm going to, I'm going to give you something that might feel very different. Okay. But I'm feeling it. I don't know. Because I, we only have a couple of these we're going to do now. In fact, this might. We'll, we'll try to do a third round and make it quick. But I, I actually stand by this, and that people will probably think I'm nuts. But I want to hear your case for Natasha Cloud. Oh, sweet! I was not expecting Natasha Cloud, but I'm down to talk Natasha Cloud for sure. Um, okay, here's the deal. Not Natasha Cloud gets completely forgotten. I don't know why the Mystics in general this season seem to have been forgotten. I think a lot of people were kind of had them down. I, I personally had them down at like, I think like seven or eight or maybe even missing the playoffs. I can't remember. I'd have to go back to my preseason predictions. Um, it seems so long ago and I'm, you know, I've changed my tune on the Mystics this season, but the Mystics are so good, and I think that 
if they were making a late season push to the playoffs, I think maybe the, the attitude would be different, but because they've been so quiet, um, after starting out so hot that everybody's just like, Oh, apparently they're good. And so the surprise seems to have worn off like a little bit, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. But a huge part of that is Natasha cloud. Now, Natasha Cloud's yes. only averaging 11 points per game. All right. Um, which is not like that's, that's not going to turn anybody's heads. It's third on her own team. It's not like crazy. All right. But when you consider Natasha Cloud and where she's been in the past, um, this is, she's got career highs in points, career highs in assists per game, um, career highs in rebounds per game. Um, she's shooting the ball super effectively. She's shooting 40% from the floor. Um, you know, 32% from the three point line. So, so she's doing really solid, but that's not where her value is. Her value is on both ends of the floor as a defender and as a floor general. I think that if you took Natasha cloud off of this mystics team, this goes back to the argument that we were saying about Brianna Stewart. You take Natasha cloud off this mystics team. They probably don't make the playoffs. And I mean that. I think Natasha Cloud no. might be the most valuable player no. on any single team, like in the league. She is so underrated, so underappreciated and undervalued. I think that when we look back at Natasha Cloud's career, it's not going to go about the box scores, but she 100% like leads her team emotionally, verbally, just across the board. Like I love what Natasha yes. Cloud is doing in in Washington, and I think that I I don't think she's gonna get the MVP because of where she's at with points. I don't think anybody's gonna average below like fifteen points and no. really have a case. But if you aren't paying attention, and I'm just glad that you said this because I feel like. Because I have been on this a little bit of a mini rant. And maybe that's why you gave me this. I, I, but I felt like I've been on this little bit of a mini soapbox because Natasha Cloud deserves so much better in media coverage than what is been, has been given her. And if for that case alone, I want to argue that Natasha Cloud deserves, deserves so much more than she's been given. So there's my yeah, totally. there's my argument, and I want to hear yeah. if, if what you what you have in mind to add to that. the The main point that I can make here is one: you made a good call with points because that's always going to be a big deal with people. But I think a case should always be considered when it comes to your league assist leader. The other side of it is her level of effectiveness, given that Elena Deladon has missed a third of the season. Yes, is it valuable? Yeah. Uh, she's very much carried the load that's kept them at a four or five seed in these playoffs. And that, that goes without saying. So I, I think she's very much reached a star level. That's my standing on it. Um, here's the thing. Cordy Vandersloot can do it. Yeah. Go ahead. Cordy Vandersloot is mm -hmm. always has been like top dog in assists per game, like forever. And to the point where she's like multiple assists per game ahead of the field. But this season, Natasha Cloud has her by almost a full assist per game. I think that's yeah, like that people. I don't think people recognize the importance that that is. And Courtney's playing on a stacked team where she's dishing the ball to players like Quigley, Misaman, Parker, Copper. Like 
she's dishing the ball to just flat out scorers. Natasha is having to share the ball with a, let's just say a less than stellar, like surrounding cast as far as scoring goes and still yes. leading the league in assists. And I think that's where it's, it's so impressive for me. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, I fully agree with you there. Um, let's, let's speed around one more, but I want to switch it up to make it easier. Sure. This time, Kyle, I'm going to kick it over to you, but you go ahead. I'm going to let you pick a player for yourself to make a case for. All right. I'm going to go ahead then. I'm going to take Sky Dig. Um, and that's selfishly because I know you, you, you may have taken Skyler Diggins as well, but Skydig for me, if you were going to talk about a player that has faced possibly the most adversity this season and still performed at an absolutely mm-hmm. stellar level, I think Skyler Diggins Smith is right toward the top of your list in that, in that category. Um, She's had not just individual like game performances, but has been consistent throughout the season. She's one of only three players to be averaging 20 points per game or more. Um, not only that, but she also, <coughs> excuse me. She also has been playing on a team that just seems to be lost so much of the time. Um, you know, obviously everything yeah. surrounding the Brittany Griner situation the Tina Charles contract divorce. There has been everything, you know, a brand new head coach. There has been everything thrown at this Phoenix Mercury team. And you can see that they're sitting, you know, 10 games out of first place in that, you know, log jam that is the six through 11. There's a very, very strong reality that Phoenix doesn't make the playoffs. Like, Half of the teams in this little, in that range aren't going to make the playoffs. There's a reality they don't make the playoffs. Um, but that, I, I think if you were to pick a player that has shined despite the surrounding circumstances, um, I, I got to give a lot of love to Sky Dig. So that's where I'm going to go with that. I'm not going to bring it into stats. I just wanted to give her some flowers because I think that what she's done on the court has been phenomenal. So there's my speed round for Sky Dig. I like it. I I have two players in mind, and I can't decide which one I would lean with because they both kind of have very similar situation, you know, scenarios that mm-hmm. speak to their case. I, it's hard because there's so much um, across. First of all, it's weird that we may do this and not be discussing a Chicago player at all. The top, seed. yeah, that but is weird. I think there might be reasons for that. They're just very, very talented that statistically it's hard for someone to stand out in such a way that you could give them that rub. Um, And another team just like that uh, as per is Connecticut. And we haven't really been able to see, uh, you know, we, it's hard for one to stand out, but this season, um, First of all, if someone walked in and tried to make the John Cole Jones case, I do get that. Sure. I do get that in a lot of ways. But someone who's played every game this season, so shown up for every game, had the availability, shot nearly 50%, nearly averaging a double-double, playing with strong defensive efficiency, maybe not tops in the league, um, one of the best defensive rebounders of the game, one of the tops in defense, you know, when it comes to defensive win shares, is Alyssa Thomas. I like it. And 
Alyssa Thomas didn't get much of a shake last year. She you know entered into the playoff run really late. And seeing her at full strength this year, um, I'm as nervous facing up with Connecticut to try to win three of five as I ever had before. Yes. Because this is not only a team playing with a good full spread, this is a team playing at full confidence because they know they have Alyssa Thomas where they want to be. And they got Courtney Williams back how they want to be. They should feel really good about that structure. But I, if I had to pick a name, I was really close to calling out Bree Jones. Mm. And I just got to make one shout out just to be fun. Uh, everyone we've named so far has been in the top five of, of uh, overall league win shares. Third in overall win shares for the top seeded Chicago Sky is Emma Mieseman. Wow. I'm not – do it that way you will. Just do it that way you will. Because, yeah, yeah I, that would I be interesting. That was more than a glamour <laughs> move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's um, impressive. I – so there's, yeah, there's a lot of, I mean, we hit a lot of fringe names, sure. Um, but that's where this year has been really interesting is I think, uh, level, not just, we talk talent a lot, but the level of impact a lot of players have been able to assert has been fun to watch this year mm. of, uh, you, we don't have a lot of great teams that are leaning on one, two, two players. They've been able to spread their impact, which I think has been fantastic. Um, Kyle, I know that we've got to get out of here. Pretty quickly, but is there anything else you wanted to say? Shout out, make mention of before oh, we move on things. I don't know. I feel like uh, <laughs> I feel like I've still got like two players that I still want to like keep talking about. But I do need to cut this off. I was going to shout out Neko Gumake in particular. I just I don't think that she's got a shot because of where her team's performance is. I think that's probably going to be the case also with Skylar Diggins Smith. Um, so simply because of where their teams if, are going to finish, I think it's unfortunate that yeah. they, that they're not. A lot have a of chance. those teams dancing around the seven eight spots. How they perform, I don't think anyone in those situations ends up with an award. But they make for a fun discussion. Yes, I think Arike is one. Arike and I think playing solid Ines yet again. The other. Yep, agreed. Arike, Neca, yeah. Sabrina, all three of them have been playing individually great seasons. Just unfortunately, on teams that are kind of caught in that. Log jam. Yeah. It just hasn't translated on. to wins yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I, yeah. Do, I love that. But no, Steve, thank you for, uh, <clears throat> thank you for this, this episode, dude. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah. I think that, Absolutely. um, I love discussions like this. And I think this one in particular is a, is a lot more, uh, um, impactful this season because it's, there is no clear cut yeah. top, you know, leader. Uh, on the season and I think there's a lot of arguments to be made I'm really excited to see where the official votes come in and see where players are going to line up with that I think it's going to be very intriguing so yeah thank you for sure for sure no yeah absolutely this has been a good time I'm always happy for like a midday lunchtime yes WNBA lunch and learn whatever you want to call this (laughs) but um, yeah that's it so so we'll see how the MVP race continues to pound itself out we are now just two weeks shy of playoff time. It's uh, insane that we're not far away at all from it really is. Uh, seeing playoff basketball. And we'll be uh, picking up the load quite a bit. You'll see a lot of us during playoff time as per usual, but uh, we're excited about that. But until all that kicks off, thank you again for joining us for this episode. I'm Steve Schwartzman. I'm Kyle Haywood. And we got you next time. No, I'll see you